Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast, everybody. It is good to be back with you. It's been a few weeks since we were here. Uh, We had a few busy weeks here at the church and just in life in general for all of us. So uh, we are back together for the first podcast in, I believe, what, two weeks or so, three weeks? Yeah. So um, it is good to have you guys back. We missed you. Hopefully you missed us as well. If not, what are we doing this for? (laughs) But um, anyway, today we are on uh, Acts 9. Uh, back in the New Testament today, and it is Tuesday, July 17th. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm joined by Jacob Kingsley and Michael Miller, and Daniel is on vacation, and he will be back, should be joining us again next week. What a bum. I know, right? Enjoy it while we can. Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's pretty much all the preface that we need. We'll go ahead and get right into reading today, if you guys are okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. As I said, we are in Acts 9. Jacob, you go ahead and take it, if you would, first. Yep. Acts 9, verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who are traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight. Neither neither ate nor drank. And now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded by the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, 
But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know we usually just go straight through, but I want the listeners... That's a great translation <laughs> from Tabitha to Dorcas. Well, how do you pronounce it? I think Dorcas. Dorcas yeah. Oh, like Lord. that that is the translation. <laughs> Tabitha is a Hebrew name. Dorcas would be translated into Greek. Oh, all right, ready? Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up, and then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Um, Besides... um the great translation of Tabitha to Dorcas. Um, What else stands out to you in this passage? Well, the obvious thing that, I mean, I just can't wait to get to, right, is the whole conversion of Saul to Paul. And we talked about that before that, you know, Jacob, before we get into that, could you explain that? You explained it so beautifully and eloquently earlier. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah. So not to to take anything away from this story, but a lot of times we hear about the name change of Saul to Paul. And really what's what's cool about this context is, as we find later in in Acts and in some of the um, epistles that Paul writes, is Paul is a Roman citizen. And so no ma- we aren't exactly sure how he got that. Most likely a lot of people think that his dad served in the Roman army or something like that. Or his grandfather. Or something yeah, like something yeah. in the heritage. Um, but he was also a full Jew. Obviously he was a Pharisee and very zealous. And so Saul was a very Hebrew name. But being a Roman citizen, when he was born, he would have been given also a Roman surname, most likely Paul. And so all his life, the odds are how it worked back then is he would have had the names Paul and Saul. 
And so it's not like God one day was like, Saul, you're changing the first letter of your name. All right? right? No, but what's cool is we see that God is calling Paul to the Gentiles. And so he uses and he takes on and addresses himself in his Gentile form, if you will. So just and, a little background. And what I think is crazy about this whole thing, because mm-hmm. we, we mentioned how he's, yes, he's this Roman citizen and in this whole name thing. But the important part is that he begins ministering to Gentiles. And think about that, like, if that happened today, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the modern day um, uh, interpretation or application. Right. So imagine ISIS has this imam, right? Mm-hmm. That is killing Christians. Like, you know how we've seen those YouTube videos? Yeah. People cutting Christians' heads off, mm-hmm. running over people with tanks, and we were just outraged, right? Imagine the guy that ordered the tank to be moved or the guy that ordered people to go ahead and, and, and chop dudes heads off. Mm-hmm. That's Saul. Right. Now imagine that guy comes to say America and says, I've converted to Christianity. I was blinded by the light. Right. <laughs> I want to sing that song, but I'm not going to No, uh, but I was blinded by the light and, and I'm, I'm going to Ananias and on all these things. And like, I'm preaching the gospel now and, and I want to preach to America. And imagine if, say, Franklin Graham is like, yeah, come on. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> Franklin right. Graham or, so, or, 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 you know, American leaders would be like, no, 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 no. This guy's a tyrant. Mm-hmm. This guy's a killer. This guy's mm-hmm. not a Christian. This is a fake conversion. They would have been fearful of him. And, and we see Ananias, he's, he's fearful too. Yeah. But it just to me, it's just crazy how this whole thing unfolds. Like, mm-hmm. this is only a God story. Like only, yeah. only God could do this. Right. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think what, what stands out to me is right. Paul or Saul at this time is this, you know, extremely passionate Pharisee that it's not like he just hates Christians for hating, you know, for the sake because he's bored, but he truly believes that Jesus was not God and that Jesus committed blasphemy in his eyes. He is serving God and he is serving God with everything he has. And what changes his mind is not somebody putting together this, you know, eloquent argument. It's not even, you know, God striking him and punishing him. It's not Jesus showing up and then giving him a speech. It's the presence of Jesus in his life. And like, you know, he just says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And like something <laughs> happens, something switches in that time because of just an encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think we look at these people in the world, not to get too ahead into application. I always do this, but sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but like, so we do look just at ISIS. Sneaking these we do applications look at, in. you know, mm-hmm. very antagonist, you know, atheists um, who just want to destroy religion because they say that that is why civilization is hindered. Yeah. And all of these people... And we're like, we need, you know, apologetics and we need to come up with the right arguments and we need to say the right things. But really what we need to do is we need to pray that they just have an experience of Jesus in their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, w- when you mention these things, you-, you talk about how he experiences Jesus. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of something I was reading as I was studying for this. Um, you can hear my kids in the background. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> No, something, something. Is that, that how you, it sounded like while you were studying for that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds just like that. I, my, my kids were loud in the background of my mind. Anyway, no, um, we, we, <laughs> there they are again. Now, um, Luke writes, you know, obviously the Gospel of Luke, which is a gospel about Jesus. And we find that he writes Acts as almost like a sequel. 
Well, there's more than one main character in Acts. At least that's the way that it looks, right? Mm -hmm. Really, though, the main character in Acts is the Holy Spirit. This is kind of like the gospel of the Holy Spirit. So what's um, what's great is we see, and yes, it, we get confused because we had this whole Trinity thing, and it says that it's Jesus. Yes, Jesus is is God. Mm -hmm. The Spirit is God. The Father is God. But you know, we basically the Spirit's talking to Paul here, Saul here, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and that that's the cool thing is he experiences the Spirit and it changes him. And like you said, Jacob, it's not because of some masterful speech somebody. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to Saul. Right. And th and that's the main character of this entire thing in Acts is we mm -hmm. get to see the Spirit doing awesome stuff. Right, and this is close to the the turning point that when you're looking in terms of human characters, the first part of Acts really focuses on Peter and his ministry mm -hmm. as he's ministering to other Jews in the surrounding area, and then the second half of Acts is going to transition and look at Paul as he ministers to the Gentiles, um, and so I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, what I think also is is awesome right after his conversion and after the, you know the scales fall off his eyes and everything like that is he goes into a synagogue so where there would have been a ton of other Jews coming for you know religious edification and he proclaims the same exact thing that was getting Christians killed he says yeah. Jesus is the son of God again he didn't preach you know a, a gospel message you know he didn't formulate why God created the world in seven days um, but the very thing that he was killing for, mm -hmm. he now believes as complete truth. Yeah. And he then could have been persecuted and killed because of it. And we see that <laughs> Jews did try and kill yeah. him. And he goes out of town in a basket because that's cool. Yeah, and that and that, <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of moves into application, too. I like how you <laughs> snuck that part in. That that kind of moves into application, too. And we I, keep, I know we keep doing this, and I'm sorry, but... Uh, and in verse 22, it says, But Paul or Saul increased in more in strength and confounded by the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. So he's proving, you know, Jesus is Christ as the Messiah. And then we see when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Mm -hmm. And that's at the surface sounds a bit um, depressing. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think Christians, we have to recognize. Um this is the reason why, and I think I might have posted this on Facebook today or yesterday. This is the reason why I, I don't necessarily follow the prosperity gospel. Because mm -hmm. look, you know, Saul, Paul here, he converts, he does the right thing. Mm -hmm. He's preaching the gospel, right? He's convincing people, you know, at this point, Jewish people, that Jesus is, in fact, their Messiah. That's good. Mm -hmm. He's doing good stuff, Right. And then Jews are plotting to kill him. If the prosperity gospel is right, then that verse is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, no, what do you mean there's pl plotting to kill him? No, they were plotting to give him money and, and buy him a new jet, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In the <laughs> you know first century BC. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Pterodactyl. So I, I just, but just something <laughs> that we have to be aware that the prosperity that we receive isn't monetary it isn't necessarily even health yeah it's joy mm -hmm. one thing that we see as paul matures and that his, as he writes other books or other letters later is that though he's persecuted and though he's stoned about to death and though and though he's been beaten and all these kinds of things we see that paul remained joyful and yeah. that's the thing that we can count on with with living 
you know, through the Holy Spirit is yeah. joy in the midst of struggle. Yeah, and I'm glad that you you brought it from that perspective for the prosperity gospel because, you know, the general term or the general thought on prosperity gospel is, like you said, you know, if I do the right stuff, God's going to give me gifts. He's going to improve my standing in this life. But it's it's definitely not that. Like I, I'll say I believe in the prosperity gospel, but for the fact that it is joy and it's it's spiritual yeah. growth yeah. and it's mm-hmm. enrichment in your life and your connection with the Holy Spirit and how you live dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a while for people, I think, a lot of people to see that that is prosperity mm-hmm. because yes. they see the physical, they see this world, and they see he was stoned almost to death. He he finished out his life in, in jail. You know, like, that's not prosperous. That's not yeah. fun. But it's not about this world. It's about your connection inside, your soul with the Holy Spirit, and how you're growing every day in that joy. Yeah, absolutely. But I think just to continue that thought, we hear later, you know, he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I know you have some interesting thoughts on sure. that. But even just to say... And to have that perspective that when he dies, there is only to gain, to be closer to God. Mm -hmm. I think that's the prosperous nature of the Holy Spirit in his life, working in him to where when death came, it wasn't the end of something. But he said, listen, I only have everything to gain Mm -hmm. at this point. And uh, in the movie, it it came out a a little while ago, but it was, I guess... uh, Paul the Apostle was maybe the name of it. Oh, Apostle of Christ, that. yeah. Or it's, Apostle of it's Christ. It's really good. I was it actually going to bring it up if you didn't. It was so good. And I think the the thing that moved me the most um, in the whole movie, not to give spoilers away, but at the end he does die. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> just read the Bible, guys. Um, no, but there's this whole thing, and I was really confused by it throughout the whole movie because he there are these flashbacks and there are people running around a village and there are like kids running around there, like people laying on the ground and people chasing them. And the whole time you're like, what is going on? Like you just have no clue of what's, what's going on. But then at the end of the movie, you finally realize that Paul, you know, his throughout his life has been having these flashbacks. He's having these reminders of the people he persecuted. And when he dies and he gets into heaven, the people that he persecuted, he killed come out, and greet him with joy. And like I started bawling. I was like, I oh too. my goodness. <laughs> because it shows the prosperous life of the gospel. Wow. It shows the love of Christ that you now get to partake in as a believer. And that was given to Paul or Saul. Yeah. yeah. Spall. <laughs> I like that. Let's just Spall. start calling him Spall. Spall. I, like I was that. thinking how we kept lapsing back from observations to application. We're doing the so wa, so wa, so wa, so up. <laughs> did did you know that that's actually the, the the brand of basketball like Spalding? That's where they get that from. They they combine Paul and and, and Saul. Spalding. No, I'm, I'm lying. I'm, I'm absolutely lying. That's, that's not even yeah. close. I will say though, like that that movie was so good. We we went and watched it as a staff, it and really I remember good. vividly at the end. I'm just like sobbing, and I'm fighting back tears. And Jacob leans over and he goes, "It's okay." Me too. <laughs> because it was like a beautiful twist to the ending of that movie. I during the movie I, I caught what it was. I knew that it was he was being haunted by his actions in the past. But man, the way that they twisted at the mm-hmm. end where when he finally meets his, you know, his death, when he gets to the other side, all of those people that he persecuted, they're not just there to say it's okay. They're there to come and embrace him and be his family like and love him. And they're like, we him. don't hold any ill will against you because of mm-hmm. what happened. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it showed the forgiveness of Christ. It showed a, a transformed life. And it, if I'm being honest, not to get too off topic, but I went into that movie with 
same attitude I do towards a lot of Hollywood production of, of anything Christian. I was like, all right, one, either, you know, this just isn't going to be made well or two, it's really going to like have some questionably heretical things yeah, that sure. like, I really don't agree with. And by the end of it, I was like, wow, like that was really solid. And yeah. I walked away. I was like, I feel like I was just in a Bible study for, you know, like yeah. two hours. It was, it was incredible. Indeed. So go and watch it. Honestly, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason why this isn't so off topic <laughs> as you talk about like, you know, Paul entering heaven and like being accepted we even see this here in, in verse like 25, how this happens to him here, you know, mm-hmm. and when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him for, for they did not believe that he was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and, and brought him to the apostles and declared, you know, the good news is that, yeah, they doubted like, <laughs> well, duh, they had doubted, <laughs> yeah. right? Like really, man, are you kidding me? Ananias, you're bringing us this dude. But, but eventually, <laughs> He was accepted. And again, with observation application, since yeah. we're messing it all up today, hey, right? I just we, want a good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need to do this for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times when people, you know, join the church or even come into ministry and um they're nervous, they're afraid, and, and when they need backed up. They need they need they need someone to, to say, you know what, I love you. Yeah. Come yeah. on, work with right. us. Mm-hmm. And what and I think ECC does that a really good mm-hmm. does a really good job with right. that. Absolutely, Michael. I think Barnabas, I was even going to make a point, this isn't the only time Barnabas does this. Um, Later in Acts, um, Barnabas and and Paul are actually teamed up, and they're going on missionary journeys together, and they -hmm. they have along John Mark. Um, And John Mark essentially kind of like chickens out. He says, no, I don't want to do this. And so he like runs away and he deserts. And Paul like does not want to forgive him in the sense that he's like, listen, like you just disqualified yourself from ministry. And later when they kind of work things out, Barnabas says, no, Mark, you know, he has things to give to the kingdom of God. And Paul says, I don't think so. And that's why Mm -hmm. Barnabas and Paul split. Barnabas was doing the exact same thing for Mark that he did for Saul. Yeah. You know, he is the encourager. He, he looks for what the kingdom of God will be in a person. And I do think that is so important for our churches to have. And I'm honored to be a part of a church that does that for people. Yeah. Well, Jacob, I'll be honest. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love being here mm-hmm. because, and I'm not trying to just do a, you know, a, a super biased, you know, advertisement for this place, but look, I've been a Christian for a long time and I've never felt like I fit in. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like there's like, I never fit in the click and I've always had like some things outside of the beliefs of like certain churches. And like, I, I'm always learning, I'm always thinking. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I stretch, you know, stuff and, and I, and I push the boundaries sometimes and and people like man, let's keep Mike away because man, this guy this guy's a thinker, and we don't need thinkers around Who here. Who knows you know? what he might say, <laughs> right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but ECC, you know, you, you all have embraced me and, and let me grow and let me work through some of my challenges, and encouraged me, and that's not just my story. I think that's what this body of believers here mm-hmm. is what is what they do. We have when when we like the the parade. How many volunteers did we have? Like 60 or something? With kids, it was close to like 100 or so. Yeah, it was a lot. And it was like 100 degrees outside. It was Yeah. It was only a few more degrees than we had volunteers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was So, it, here if you want to do something, <laughs> you can and you're encouraged to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's biblical. That's what we see here. Right. 
Yeah, and I'll say, I, I think I speak for Jacob as well, because we're both the newest people on the staff here mm-hmm. at the church. Um, it's been a huge blessing for us to to be here, and, and because everybody's so encouraging. I mean, the leadership, uh, Elder Board, and Pastor Phil, um, Daniel as well, like, they, mm-hmm. everybody's just encouraging us. They know, they know that, that doing this and, and being in front of people and leading people in, in mm-hmm. our faith is, you're going to have mistakes. You're going to have times where you falter. Yeah. It, it just happens. But because of the trust and the confidence that you get from the trust, you're able to go out and grow more confidently. And it's been an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, Jesus did this too, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Peter, he denies Christ, right. you know? <laughs> and, and, and Jesus wasn't like, well, you suck and you're done. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, he messed up. And he's like, you know what, dude? You're still going to be the rock of my church. Yeah. You know, he's still, he's still, and we see here what's actually what's coming up in the next part of this that, that we haven't discussed yet. I mean, he starts going beast mode. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, <laughs> he brings people back to life in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus didn't give up on him just because he made mistakes. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I think we're doing that here in this church. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too that that's just, I, it's funny, just in the last few weeks, I've, I, I'm, I've, to be able to wrap my mind around who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and how they don't give up on us because of our mistakes, and they don't get angry with us because of our mistakes, because that's what we're trained in this world. That's yes. what happens. So I, for myself to really grasp it and understand it in my daily life, I've had to think about, okay, who who are they like in today's context? Mm-hmm. And truthfully, like the best thing that I've been able to settle on so far is they're like that personal trainer that like is with you every day, checking in with you. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you on track? Is everything good? And then you fall off the, the wagon and you eat a whole thing of like Chips Ahoy <laughs> cookies. And you're like, I'm so sorry. Uh, how are you today? I ate a whole case of Chips Ahoy cookies last night. I'm so sorry. And they're like, it's okay, man. Like, it, it's okay. You, you have today now to get back on track. It's yep. all right. It's in the past, you know. That to me is what helps right. me feel it the most. And it, mm-hmm. I may, it might be weird, but that... That is really, I think, a good analogy, at least in my mind. Like, yeah, actually, uh, in in youth for middle school, where we just started a new series this past Sunday. So, if you have any, you know, middle school or or high school kids, get into youth group. But um, it's <laughs> for middle school. It's called Game On. Talking about the Great Commission, how Jesus and the Holy Spirit really are our coach in life, and mm. He has a game plan. Yeah. You know, coaches have game plans when they go in. Yeah, they know the opponent. They know what needs to be done. They know what they have to do to win. And Jesus has a game plan for us, and the Holy Spirit is our coach. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really cool. You're thinking like a middle schooler, Brent. I like it. Um, We're we're doing some good good advertisements today, aren't we? Yeah, just plugging them in. If anybody needs a Snapple endorsement, I don't know why, (laughs) but, you know, we're here. Um, One last thing that when we read it through the first time, um, it just really stuck out to me. I never really picked up on it before. Um, because if, if you aren't careful, it can just seem like a a regular sentence. Um, but in 31, the second half of it, it's talking about the church. It says, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy spirit, it multiplied. And I was like, balance. I know, honestly, what does that look like to fear the Lord? You know, to know his character, to know, you know, his his guidelines, the rules. I know in church we're sometimes scared to use the word rules, but yeah. like his rules, the laws, you know, of his love in our life, but in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. 
And I think sometimes, you know, we try and take all these different things. We try and just make it our comfort, you know, the fear of the Lord, but the comfort of Jacob, you know, and so, and it won't multiply that way. You know, you can do the the comfort of the Holy Spirit, but the fear of, of Jacob or the fear of my boss or the fear of the future, mm-hmm. and it's not going to multiply that way. So what does it look like to be in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you what it looks like. I had a practical application of this mm-hmm. this morning. Um, when you were talking about how this the relationship with God is like, uh, now I forget exactly what what was your analogy about like the personal trainer thing. Yeah, the personal trainer. <laughs> when you were when you were talking about the personal trainer, I was thinking about how to me it's a lot like being a parent. Mm-hmm. Today, as a bad parent, I took my children and, and a friend of theirs to McDonald's for breakfast, <laughs> and uh, my eight year old that you could probably still hear in the background, <laughs> um, he gets he, he gets out of the car, and just starts running in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and then there's a car coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yell, stop. And I even give like like a like a stop sign for my hand, you know? <laughs> stop. And that kid freezes in his tracks. Mm-hmm. Because when I bring that voice, mm-hmm. he has fear. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There's even comfort in that fear. Because even the fear of dad brings safety. Mm-hmm. It brings comfort because... That fear brings safety. So, yes, we mm-hmm. fear the Lord, but we only fear the Lord because we know that His precepts are good for us. His right. laws are good for us. He's he, he is God is looking out for us, mm-hmm. and and if we fear the Lord in the right ways, it's not like we're shaking in our boots, scared, but but we we have respect for His laws. Mm-hmm. Then we can be comforted. Yeah. I think one last thing, because um, we're running out of time here, that I wanted to ask as a final application to what your guys' thoughts are on it, because it is the wrap-up of what we're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. in our walk in faith every day anyway. Jacob, you compared Paul with people like atheists who are out mm-hmm. there right now that are just bitter against Christianity, and they think mm-hmm. that it needs to be rid from the earth, and they're, they're just on a mission. They're not going to stop right. until they do that. But that experience with Jesus, that experience mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit is what makes that shift in people. Right. How can we best help facilitate that? I know that the Holy Spirit moves with right, or without right. us, but how can we as followers go out from this today and listening mm-hmm. to this today? What's the best way that we can do that to not just people that feel that way, like atheists right. do, but just in general, to mm-hmm. help facilitate a moment with the Holy Spirit? Not excluding and not saying that the Holy Spirit can't work in places, but I would say, by and large, just it's not going to happen over any type of internet, you know, interaction, whether that's social media, whether that's on YouTube, whatever. It, I don't think that, that that is the ideal situation that we're looking for. I would say find a person in your life, whether they're antagonistic or they just don't know Jesus yet, get to know them. Mm-hmm. Invite them over for dinner in a non-creepy way. Like make sure your house <laughs> is nice and lit up and stuff. <laughs> but invite them over for dinner you Free know, candy. Because yeah. <laughs> I think something that we see in Acts is the hospitality that Jesus inspires in people. Mm-hmm. When they opened up their lives, they shared their lives. That's actually kind of what Amped was all about. Plug for kids ministry. Nice. Um, I know I'm getting <laughs> Check every that ministry. Um, small groups, get in them. Um, but no, that, that hospitality. And so start a relationship with somebody, whether that's your coworker across the hall, 
talk to them instead of being when they make comments coming home and being like can you believe that they are just idiots for being an atheist do they not see the world around them when people talk about evolution how you know people who believe in creation are you know what's keeping science back instead of just harboring bitterness don't go up to them and be like well listen this is why seven day creation is actually right <laughs> but be like hey you know start a, a normal civilized conversation yeah. with them invite them over for dinner start in everyday life showing what the love of Christ looks like. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon that love will start seeping into their life. And maybe they don't get to see a vision like Saul saw, but maybe what they do see and how they see Jesus is in your life. And so no matter what you do, make sure that your life looks as much like Jesus as possible. No pressure. <laughs> so that way when people look at you, they can see Jesus. Well, I'm going to make one addition to that. If you look in the in this in the scripture, when Peter wants to do something big, because we're talking about doing something big, mm -hmm. changing someone's life. Mm -hmm. When Peter, you know, helps Tabitha rise from the dead, what does he do? In verse 40, we say, But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Mm -hmm. Guys, if we want something big to happen, mm. we need to talk to God about it. If, if you have that person that doesn't believe and, and you want to reach them before we go out and do exactly what Jacob was talking about, I think we should pray about it. And <laughs> with that thought, Brent, yeah. it's probably that time, isn't it? Would you? All right. I'll, 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 I'll lead us out in prayer. <laughs> thank you. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for uh, these men here, Lord, that they've helped me. In, uh, and, and I thank you for this relationship that we have in this podcast that hopefully we get to reach people. And, uh, and teach them the things that, that you want them to know. And, and as we study your spirit in the book of Acts, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us directly. Use that Holy Spirit and just teach us and guide us and help us to grow. Uh, help us to, to reach the unreachable through you and, and help us to do amazing things or help maybe you do th amazing things through us. And, uh, and Lord, we just love you and we thank you for all this. We ask it in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Um, one last plug for this church that apparently yes. is just so awesome. <laughs> um, we are currently in the middle of a sermon series called the Do Nots for Living. So if you've seen that or if you've seen that on our sign out front or anything like that, um, know that it's not probably what you're thinking when you read that. It's kind of the opposite of what you're thinking. Yeah. We had a really powerful message from Pastor Phil this week to open up the series. And um, if you get a chance, uh, maybe check that out on our SoundCloud or on uh, the podcast on iTunes, whatever. Or you can even watch it on YouTube if you want. But um, uh, just give it a chance. Uh, see what it is that we're getting into because I think it's some really good stuff. And um, we would love to see you next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Did you have something else you wanted to add? I was just going to say one last, last plug also <laughs> um, before time runs out. Um, as a church, we're kind of sponsoring summer block parties that's a great yeah. way to start and invite people on your block you know your neighbors the people that you actually live around and are there <laughs> a lot um get to know them they have stories they have lives they have hurts they have hang-ups that are maybe just keeping them from seeing jesus for who he is so start that that conversation with them yeah all i right. got nothing else to plug guys mm. okay <laughs> all right well thank you for joining us this week uh on weekly impact podcast and we will look forward to talking to you again next tuesday have a good week guys Thank you.